What's going on, guys? Welcome to episode five. This is Eric, and listen to the brush up where I run you through the headlines and news, media, and sports. I want to start off the same way as every time with the good news. Uh, a startup developed the world's first renewable hydrogen powered energy storage system. It's capable of powering a house for about three days. The company's name is Lavo or L A V O. Uh, they use a special material in which this hydrogen is stored because probably a lot of people have heard that hydrogen is very flammable and kind of explodes a lot uh, upon impact. But apparently they use a special material to store the hydrogen and it's much safer than the classic techniques and technologies used. It removes the hazard of fire. So all around they're just combating a lot of problems that do come with hydrogen power and hydrogen storage uh, within their system. And this device is going to be combined with a home solar PV system and the water main within the area. So what ends up happening is that the power from the uh, solar panels, the solar PV, comes in and then converts water from H2O into just the hydrogen and oxygen parts. And then the oxygen is released back into the atmosphere where the hydrogen is stored. And this acts like a small, safe storage system that is three times more powerful than a lithium battery of a comparable size. So as you can see that uh, it's not solving the entire solution where you're still going to need like the solar power to produce the energy itself, but it can store more given its size. So it's just a more efficient uh, model given space to be able to store power on these houses and is once again another step towards that green energy. Uh, the next piece of kind of good news and just surprising news is that a nonprofit called XPRIZE is a company that sponsors design competitions to solve the world's challenges. And in their newest award, they're going to give away $100 million to the top three carbon remove, excuse me, carbon removal innovations. This contest is funded by Elon Musk. So uh, now you can see where the $100 million comes from because the dude's worth infinite money now with how tesla stocks going but it's funded by elon musk and the competition is looking for the best solutions to pull carbon dioxide from the atmosphere and ocean and store it in some environmentally benign way so they're trying to take all the carbon uh, dioxide or some of the carbon dioxide out of the atmosphere and then store it in some way where it's not going to impact the environment in a harsh manner it's um first economically capable solution and also just a solution that uh, can be used on a mass scale. So to win, competitors must demonstrate a scale model by removing one ton of CO2 per day. And then judges look at that along with the feasibility of economical scaling to the model because they want to eventually get to the point where they remove 10 gigatons of carbon per year. And this goal is to be reached by 2050. So, I mean, if you're looking at make a lot of money uh you could spit split excuse me a uh, hundred million three different ways if you can come up with a uh, adequate model that can remove co2 from the atmosphere or from water and you can store it in a benign way to the environment and then last piece of good news is that an israeli company designed a nasal spray that's shown to create a barrier in the nose to lower infection rates of COVID-19. So as a nasal spray, they just kind of stick in your nose, give a little puff, and then it creates a chemical and mechanical protection barrier. And it lasts up to five hours and can be reapplied after that as much as you need. So it's just a solution for people that want to, you know, go out and still enjoy society, uh, kind of go about their regular day. And it could be 
a way for us to actually take a step back towards more normalcy where we go out. Maybe every five hours we just have to put this nasal spray within our nose. Uh, but the nasal spray was tested during a recent holiday in Israel. It was a Jewish holiday, so a bunch of people were attending a synagogue. And 83 people agreed to use the nasal spray. And of the 83, only two actually reported contracting COVID-19. And actually, both of these subjects stated that they forgot to reapply the nasal spray after five hours. They only applied it once. So maybe it's a little bit of a burden to remember to do, but uh, it does show results because they had 160 people that were approached but denied to use the uh, nasal spray. And actually, 10% of those people, or 16 people, did get infected with COVID. So right off the bat, you can see that apparently if you continue to use it on schedule every five hours, it's almost a 100% success rate, right? Because the two people that got it uh, that were on the nasal spray forgot to reapply. So this could be a huge step, like I said, in uh, short-term defense. So for maybe college kids, before they go to class, they could you know puff in their nose and then be able to go to class and not have to worry about spreading or contracting uh, the virus at all. So... I mean, maybe this will become something more normal. Maybe more companies will look into this uh, if this company is actually making this much headway on it. And it could be maybe a step for us to get back to normalcy more quicker or more qu just quicker. Jeez. Uh, so, yeah, we'll have to see where that goes in the future. But I'm hoping it works. I mean, I'm open to all and any uh, remedies for COVID-19 that get us back into the normal workplace and back into normal society as fast as possible. It'll be a great work for uh, the economy, companies will be able to recover, things like that. Uh, but now moving on to the U.S. and world news. Uh, first thing, quick and easy. Uh, last week I talked about NASA's new rover, the Perseverance, landing down on Mars. But now it's actually sent back some images and also sent back the first ever audio recording of Mars. So NASA released that publicly. You can go to it. I saw it was on SoundCloud. There's probably other platforms that you can find it on. Uh, but yeah, it's the first ever audio recording of Mars. So I think that's awesome. You should go check it out. Also, they just have tons and tons of images coming back from the Perseverance, and they're mostly public. I mean, there's probably some that might have hidden for some reason or another, but there's a bunch of public images they can go see on their website, or you could probably just do a quick internet search like Perseverance Mars Images. And finally, so I, I encourage everybody to go look at them. I looked at them. They were very cool. Uh, I listened to the audio recording. Uh, yeah, so everybody go check it out if you're interested in that kind of stuff. Second piece of U.S. news is that some hotel and other merchants in Texas were increasing prices during the weather issues that occurred this past week. So if you didn't hear, Texas had a bunch of snow uh, and freezing temperatures, and they're not used to this at all. So they had freezing pipes, people without water, people without power for long periods of time. And some prices increased at hotels up to $1,000 per night with electricity. And you can see why this is a high-value item or high-value uh, commodity, I guess, when many residents are without power and running water for days on end. They're going to want this. But uh, though the price hikes weren't only within hotels, it was also in places like uh, market, uh, food markets and fuel as well. And our, it's supposed to be illegal. Price hikes like this during crisis are illegal in 36 states, including Texas. But some people say that the price hikes bring more demand so then companies will start sending more supplies to the area but i think overall there's there's no way you're you can morally or ethically just say oh these people are going through a troubled time right now with no running water no electricity let's charge them more 
for them to be able to get what they need. That that just sounds horrible. As a business owner, I think, especially in a local community, you should be trying to help the people around you because I think that'll last with you as an image longer than maybe just $1,000 you can make over three or four nights. So I don't believe in what these people are doing. I hope it, it does come back that it uh, is shown to be fully illegal within Texas. I mean, these people were facing something that they never really had seen before uh us in wisconsin were just like oh whatever it doesn't seem like a big deal but i guess down there the houses and businesses aren't set up to be able to deal with like these freezing temperatures snow things like that uh, they likely didn't even have snow plows in the area so yeah people without food water electricity and these people are just upcharging them to get these things when they definitely morally at least in my eyes they should be helping them so yeah i don't know what's wrong with people Maybe if these people would have uh, actually went out and helped rather than increasing the prices, maybe decreasing the prices to allow more people to come in, that would have been the good news, but instead it's kind of the normal news and it turns out to be bad news. Uh, next piece of news is Pfizer is coming out with a booster dose of the coronavirus vaccine. There will be a third dose now that people will be able to receive within 6 to 12 months after receiving the first two doses of the Pfizer uh, vaccine. So the goal of the booster is to combat the new coronavirus variants better. Um, Pfizer is beginning to enroll participants in this study. Like I said, they have to be people that already had the first and second dose. And it sounded like in the article they're looking for mostly people uh, around or over the age of 75 because this is the highest risk area. But I just have a direct quote from the company to make sure everybody understands. I just I don't want to paraphrase because I want to make sure I got it correct. Uh, but the company quoted... Uh, while we have not seen any evidence that the circulating variants result in a loss of protection pr provided by our vaccine, we are taking multiple steps to be ready in case a strain becomes resistant to the protection afforded by the vaccine. So what they're saying is that their current vaccine does actually combat against all the variants that are out there right now. The Brazilian, I heard this is California now, the uh, England variant. It combats against all those, but what they're doing is just just in case, as a safety measure, uh, they're developing a booster shot for probable mutations uh, that will no longer be combated by their current vaccine, and then they're going to give out a booster so that it is combated. So, I mean, I think it's good on Pfizer's part. They're really taking the first step uh, to be ahead of this thing. I feel like a lot in the U.S. Uh, with the coronavirus, we've been behind the, the game the entire time. We've tried to play catch-up, and now it seems like Pfizer's trying to get ahead of the game, like I said. Uh, yeah, so we'll have to see where the trials go. Um, maybe we'll never actually need this booster, this third shot, but uh, it's good that the company's doing it. It's good that they're looking into it, keeping the people of America safer and people around the world safer of these new variants. And then the, <laughs> the final piece of news is actually world news. It comes out of... Uh, Germany and Belgium. So police in Germany and Belgium made Europe's largest ever cocaine bust. The police seized more than 23,000 kilograms or 50,700 pounds of cocaine. It's worth billions of dollars. I mean, 50,000 pounds of cocaine. That is so much. Like, that's just so much of anything. <laughs> nevertheless have it be cocaine so apparently it came in light of the arrest of a 28 year old man who was the addressed receiver of the shipments uh the shipments were in three separate storage containers packaged with construction putty so they took containers of what was supposed to be construction putty removed it or some of it and then 
put the cocaine within those containers. <laughs> a couple of police officers actually said that they were mad that it was in this construction putty because it was super sticky to work with to try to get the putty actually off of the cocaine wrapping and stuff like that. So, um, yeah, the shipment came from uh, Paraguay and it was in 1,728 containers of construction putty, but just 50,000 pounds of cocaine is just ridiculous, worth billions upon billions of dollars. So, I mean, good work to the, good job to the Germany and Belgium's police force. I'm guessing a lot of those people are going to get a bonus or a raise or something for finding all that, but. I'm curious to know what they do with it. Do they just keep that all in like storage or lockup or do they burn it and incinerate it, you know? I feel like in smaller quantities they might save it as evidence, but I feel like in this quantity you just gotta burn that all and save a little bit of it. I don't know. But yeah, that was just a wild story that I saw. But now moving on to sports. The NBA actually released the schedule for the second half of the season. This will begin March 10th and ends May 16th. The schedule features 15 double headers which will be shown on TNT on Tuesdays and Thursdays. And these aren't double headers where teams will be playing the same team back to back as like a traditional baseball double header is thought of. It's two different team or four different teams, sorry. So two different games back to back there just be one happening right after the other on TNT. Um, so you can catch that. There'll be the more mainstream games. Uh but yeah, that's going to happening after the All-Star break, but Kind of coming back a little bit and looking at the, I mean, not back, but looking at the NBA awards race, uh, the, M, the MVP race right now is led by LeBron, followed by Joel Embiid, and followed by Damian Lillard. Uh, rookie of the year is LaMelo Ball, followed by Tyrese Halberton, followed by Anthony Edwards. I'm sorry if I mispronounced Tyrese's name. And then the defensive player of the year is Rudy Gobert, followed by Ben Simmons, followed by Miles Turner. I just thought I'd give you guys an update, kind of where the awards race is going. Then we got six upcoming games tonight. We got Dallas at Philadelphia, Orlando at Brooklyn, Sacramento at New York, uh, the Clippers at Memphis, Washington at Denver, New Orleans at Milwaukee. Sorry, the Clippers sounded weird there. I know I said the cities for all other ones, but LA Gavin, two teams, I had to change it up. And then, uh, yeah, the All Star game will occur on Sunday, March 7th, and it's Team LeBron versus Team Durant as they're the leaders uh, in the voting. And they'll draft their teams on March 4th. So catch that if you're really interested in that. But now moving on to celebrity news. This is a pretty big piece of celebrity news. Uh, Tiger Woods was in a car accident. So he was driving Tuesday when his SUV crossed the median, hit a curb, and apparently struck a tree. And the vehicle was kind of stuck in the shrubbery or in the ditch. And then uh, during the crash, apparently Tiger's leg was injured pretty badly. He required rods, screws, and pins in an emergency surgery for it. And the doctors actually performed and doctors around there believe that this procedure saved Tiger's leg from amputation. So the way it sounds is that Tiger got pretty banged up. Uh, I looked at the pictures of the car uh, post-crash, and I didn't think he actually be hurt really at all because the driver's side seemed pretty intact. It didn't look like much was happening, but I guess lower down to where the feet were, uh, or legs were, he must have taken quite a hit. Uh, but Tiger said to the media that he has no memory of the crash, so hopefully he didn't have to go through any like the pain, the feeling of that, and now he has a road to recovery. But the big question is now, will Tiger come back to golf? I mean, Tiger's been struggling with his back for years. He actually just had his fifth back surgery just a month ago, so he's recovering from that, and now he has this. So we'll have to see where uh, 
his kind of movement goes almost because will he still be able to swing if he's got rods and pins in his leg or especially if it's in his ankle will he be able to turn correctly when he swings things like that so I mean I hope Tiger returns to golf um, but we'll have to see what happens maybe it's time for his kid to take over saw some pictures and videos of his child out on the golf course really I mean shooting better than I shoot so yeah, prayers out to Tiger and his family for a fast and easy recovery. Uh, next up, we got the fact of the week. There is a species of jellyfish that is biologically immortal. The species can revert back to sexual immaturity after reaching sexual maturity. So what happens in the jellyfish's life cycle is that after it's born, it will be sexually immature and then develop into sexual maturity, but then can return back and forth kind of as much as it wants throughout its life. And this is what makes a jellyfish biologically immortal. So a fully mature individual can return back to the polyp under the conditions of starvation, sudden temperature change, reduction of salinity, or damage to the bell, so the part that's kind of on the top of the jellyfish. The one that surprises me is just a temperature change. Like, it's just swimming along or whatever a jellyfish does. I don't know if it's considered swimming, but... Moving along in the ocean, it just hits like a cold spot, and then it just returns back to sexual immaturity, so it kind of becomes a child again. But I mean, that's super cool, uh, and now humans are actually doing tests and experiments with this species of jellyfish. I was going to try to say the species names, but it's one of those like really Greek names I can't really pronounce, but uh, the scientists are doing developments with stem cell research and being able to renew damage and dead tissue in humans. Uh, you hear a lot about this, actually, in science, is that humans are experimenting on different species that can redevelop limbs and stuff like that. Like a jellyfish can get uh, a limb cut off. I don't know exactly what they're called, but then it can regrow it. So they're trying to incorporate that into like human uh, medicines, things like that. I mean, maybe one day we'll get there. Maybe we'll get to the point where we are immortal like these jellyfish. Uh, I don't know if any human would actually want to be fully immortal. I mean, these jellyfish can't survive everything, right? They can still be eaten, still be killed, things like that. But uh, if they're just left alone in their environment under uh, pretty good or almost perfect conditions, they will live forever. They are biologically immortal. And now finally, just the heat of the week. Um, two songs I found. First one is Fake a Smile by Alan Walker and then Overdrive by Conan Gray. So go give those a listen if you want to. If you need some more uh, music in your life, go check those out. But Yeah, this has been episode five. I thank everybody for listening and uh, we'll see you in episode six. Thank you.